Scene 4. Quest Impossible. Templar Priory, town of Rochester. Woden's Day Prime, morning, 19th of April, 1284. Feast of St. Althea, bishop and martyr. The next morning, Benjamin Franklin and his team start off early with the sunrise. The Templar Priory is a modest fort made of brownstone. Ariel wants to get her sweet girl act over with as fast as possible, so she'll have the rest of the day for purchasing a nice set of vault-cracking tools. Her leather armor and daggers do not exactly match up with the sweet and innocent stereotype. She ditches the armor but keeps the daggers, tucking them in even more intimately than before. After all, a nice girl can never be too cautious these days. Visiting a few shops, she finds some surprisingly stylish and zesty outfits, but she does not indulge in trying any of them on. A long, modest dress calls to her. Imagining what a nice girl should look like, she asks herself, All self-respecting, sweet and innocent girls wear modest clothes, right? To resolve her doubts, Ariel shows the half-goblin, half-dwarf cleric a dress and asks, Do I have to wear a modest dress to look innocent and sweet? Monsignor Meyer raises his hands like it's a police holdup and says, Don't ask me. I don't check out girls anymore. But before I became a cleric, my mommy told me that shapely hips won't guarantee a happy family life. Even if I were in the marrying business, I wouldn't let a little skin overly influence my decision. Just answer the question about the outfit. That's more like a nun outfit than a sweet girl next door outfit. Not sure that's what you're supposed... She squints her eyes. Okay, let's start over. Tell me this outfit makes me look frumpy. That outfit makes you look frumpy. Perfect! That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Together they go to the rendezvous point. Benjamin Franklin takes one look at Ariel and frowns. Said innocent and sweet, not a nun. Nuns are innocent and sweet. At least they're supposed to be. Benjamin Franklin pulls at his sideburns dramatically and moans. But even if they're not innocent and sweet, they know a lot about religion. If you get jittery about the liturgy or snarky about the hierarchy, they'll see through you at once. The Templars aren't just warriors, they're monks. That's like walking into a wine shop dressed like a vintner and asking where's the grape juice. Monsignor Meyer says, Oh, that reminds me of the time we caught an old lady walking out of the sacristy with a bottle of altar wine. The abbot stopped her and asked, Where are you going with that? She pointed to an old guy snoring on the church steps and said, Got it for my husband. The abbot looked at the snoozing old man for a moment and then said, Good trade. And he let her go. <laughs> they all start laughing. Some because they get the joke. Others because his snorting laughter is contagious. It takes the Monsignor a while to recover from his own joke. He says, Don't worry, Ben. I'll cover for her. Franklin looks at him awry. How did you figure out my name? Monsignor Meyer shrugs his huge shoulders. I might be a bad one, but I'm still a cleric. Once you have the gift of prophecy, you always have the gift of prophecy. God didn't take it away when I, er, fell from grace. He's funny like that. How do you think I got signed on to a party of adventurers that specializes in hide-and-seek quests like this? Benjamin Franklin gets cheeky. I always figured it was just your big nose, but that's not important now. Can you just use the gift of prophecy to figure out which vault the sword is in? No, I can't. The Templars have clerics of their own. They've got special protective blessings that keep guys like me from taking advantage of the system. Well, I can tell you that the sword is evil. Can't your gift of prophecy detect evil? Yeah, but it's still a long shot. It's a bank, after all, and money is the root of all evil. I'm going to get a lot of false positives if I send up a detect evil prayer. Let's get moving. Whoopi's in position and doesn't want this to take any longer than it has to. Ariel adds, I second that. 
Wait, where's Whoopi? He's already hanging onto my belly, and the leather pouch is strapped on as a cushion for him to fill up with air once he drops off, so I won't walk out of there looking like I lost a hundred pounds after one dump. Right, Benjamin Franklin pats the cleric's fake belly and calls down to the dark elf inside. How you doing in there, buddy? From under the monk's robes, a voice moans. Let's just get this over with. Monsignor Meyer says, Ariel, you go in first, and I'll come in a few minutes later to make it seem like we're not traveling together. While I'm waiting for you to finish up your business, I will ask to use the privy, and then I'll let Whoopi out. You're going to have to try to delay them long enough so they don't bring the fake gold bars into the vault until after he's ready to sneak in after them. Ariel snaps her fingers and psychs herself up. Okay, I got this. Innocent and sweet. What could possibly go wrong if I just do the sister act? Sister Act Ariel walks into the brownstone Templar Fort. The inside is dark and stuffy. The few narrow windows are barred with heavy iron rods, allowing little light or air to get in. Wealth is apparent everywhere. The large number of candles burning all day long, polished hardwood floors, and granite teller counters were all extravagant luxuries in the Middle Ages, even though they would be considered standard for a bank these days. Two Templar clerks, one human and one dwarf, sit at separate desks. Ariel groans to herself as she realizes Benjamin Franklin's plan will get shot to pieces as soon as Monsignor Meyer steps in. There's only supposed to be one clerk. How am I supposed to distract both of them? She turns around to go out and warn him. The human clerk on the left looks at her quizzically and says in Latin, Pax Domini Tecum. Remembering she is wearing a nun outfit and is supposed to know Latin, she plays dumb and answers in English, Ah, yes, holy brother, I think I'm not supposed to be here. He switches to English and says, What have you got in the sack? Oh, you know, just some silly old gold bars, but it's none of your business, really. Actually, I'm a banker. Gold bars are my business. There's plenty of thieves out there, and you just walked into one of the safest banks in Vinland. You won't get out the end of the street before they steal it. God has brought you here, not by accident. Take the hint. I'll take my chances. Thanks. Bye. I, I mean, God be with you. She opens the door, and Monsignor Meyer walks right in and exclaims with a cheerful outspreading of his hands, Sister! The dwarf clerk on the right says to the lumbering half-goblin, half-dwarf brother in dwarvish runic, Lakanto to Seged. Monsignor Meyer replies in English with his porcine, Santa Claus-like jovial manner, Peace of Christ be with you, brothers. Sister Wendy here is really an extern, a novice extern, so we'll speak English for her sake. There are two of us. We can help you both in your own languages. Ariel says, Well, that's a blessing, isn't it, brother? Uh, brother Francis... Footer? Monsignor Meyer tries to stall, saying, uh, What a blessing indeed! God's providence is everywhere, if only we have the faith to see it. The human clerk says, Would you like me to take a look at those gold bars, Sister Wendy? Ariel shakes her head. No, no need. My abbess told me I needed to be as discreet as possible about this. I'll just get a safe deposit box. Small, medium, or large? What would be the right size if I, say, wanted to store a sword? in a safe deposit box. Human clerk doubts he heard that right. Do you have a sword with you as well? No, no, no. Our convent is hoping to obtain the sword of St. George from the Holy Land, you know, the one he slew the dragon with, so I might as well get one big enough to fit a sword just in case. The dwarf clerk squints his eyes. You just said your abbess. My abbess what? The dwarf clerk voices his suspicions. How can you live in a convent if you have an abbess? 
An abbess is the head of a monastery, not a convent. In any event, I recommend you bring the sword in for authentication before your abbess purchases it. There are many hucksters in the relic trade these days. We have a very thorough authentication team. What? You think I took vows yesterday? I know a real sword when I see one. The dwarf clerk grows very suspicious. So your abbess trains the nuns in your convent in the use of swords? Is this a convent for adventurers, perhaps? Monsignor Myers slaps Ariel on the back. Goodness gracious, no. I, I guarantee you she is no adventurer. Sister Wendy is a famous artifact critic. Nuns from all kinds of different convents and monasteries bring her in to consult about the authenticity of various relics and artifacts. That's why she got confused and called her mother superior an abbess. She is from a monastery, but she is temporarily on assignment in a convent. The dwarf clerk replies, Sister, you ought to ask your mother superior for a penance to curb your haughty attitude. Ariel goes at him. Why, I ought to... Monsignor Meyer covers her mouth and says, Speaking of penances, a guy walks into a canonry and tells the prior, I want to become a canon regular. The monastery up the road is too strict. The prior tells him, My son, you are welcome to join us, but we use the discipline daily here. He says, No problem. When can I begin? The prior says, Today, thanks be to God. For the rest of the week, the prior notices his new postulant's back is all wet every morning, and finally he asks him, Brother, why is your back all wet? The postulant points to the sacristy and says, You said to use the discipline every day. The prior follows his finger and says, That's not a flagellum, that's an aspergillum. The two Templar clerks roar with laughter, and Monsignor Meyer can hardly contain himself laughing and snorting. Ariel's face is stone cold until Monsignor Meyer looks right at her. She pretends to laugh. Whoopi can hardly take it anymore and makes a splurting noise with his lips. When his laughter calms down, Monsignor Meyer groans and says, Excuse me, gentlemen, I was fasting for a novena in reparation of sins when our provincial visited us. I ate a full meal with him and now it's disagreeing with me. Do you have a privy I can use? The human clerk says, I'll show him the way. Brother Biffer, would you tend to the young nun over there? Those gold bars look heavy. The dwarf clerk waddles over to Ariel, still chuckling to himself, and says, Okay, so you'd like a medium safe deposit box for the gold bars, correct? Yes, Brother Biffer. He looks up at her. How did you know my name? The other brother just said it. Right, and what is your name, sister? Ariel looks away from him for half a breath. Uh, Sister Shensi. Brother Frank Footer over there just called you Sister Wendy. Which is it? Um... Both, really. He knew me before I entered the convent. I, I mean, monastery. Wendy's my baptismal name, and Sister Shensi is my name in religion. Saint Shensi is the patron saint of... er... er adventurers. So you are an adventurer? No way! The dwarf clerk takes the stack of gold bars and says, That'll be fourpence. Do you have a groat? Ariel deeply regrets trying to pull off this sister act. Absolutely. It's great for prayer. The dwarf Templar shakes his head. A groat is the new four-pence coin. Since you seem to get around, I figured you might have one on you. Ariel says, Actually, about that, I heard Templars are great moneylenders. Can I borrow, say, twelve dollars? You know, one for each of the apostles? For that kind of loan, you'll need collateral. In the blink of an eye, the dwarf Templar unstrings the sack and dumps the gold bars on the counter before Ariel can stop him. She grabs for the bars and starts stuffing them back into the bag, saying, Oh, never mind then. He takes one look at the pyrite and says, These are fake. I don't know what you're playing at, but this ain't real gold, and you ain't a real nun. 
Ariel gathers her bars up and storms off in all the mock outrage she can muster. Well, I never! How dare you disrespect a woman of the cloth like that! You too? Around the corner, Benjamin Franklin, dressed as a knight paladin, asks her eagerly, How did it go? Ariel curls her lip. What's an aspergillum? Franklin's face falls. Oh no, that bad, was it? Monsignor Meyer got into the privy, so at least Whoopi's in place, but they wouldn't take the stupid fool's gold back into the vault. Hopefully the Monsignor got some useful intel. A few moments later, Monsignor Meyer comes out smiling and says, By all the saints, those Templars are swell guys, let me tell you. Benjamin Franklin looks at him expectantly and asks, What happened to Ariel? Yeah, so the sister act didn't quite work out, and we have no idea where the vaults are. Good news is I lowered Whoopi into the cesspit. He'll have to hide out there until we can cook up a plan to get him out. I say we start first thing in the morning. It's first thing in the morning right now. I meant tomorrow. No sense pushing our bad luck now. Dark elves are comfortable in cesspits. It reminds them of home. Monsignor Meyer laughs until his face turns red and tears well up in his eyes. Benjamin Franklin gets worried. Did your gift of prophecy reveal anything about the sword? Well, I spoke with the tongue of angels, but it felt like I was holding the hand of the devil. All I got was a cold, brooding evil. Yes, yes, that must have been it. The sword has a cold evil to it. It is a black flame sword, after all. I still haven't found what we're looking for. Why not? You, Mr. Silent Willie Do-Good, have told us nothing about it. How am I supposed to find it if I have no idea what I'm looking for? Benjamin Franklin asks, what was that? Monsignor Meyer removes the inflated leather wineskin from under his robe and says, wiping a tear from his eye, Oh, it's Whoopi's cushion. It makes this annoying sound, but it only helped lend credibility to my story about needing to use the privy. That's the only part of your plan that's gone right so far. Benjamin Franklin looks at Willis. The white-haired adventurer is wearing blue robes with a silver cross, signifying the order of the knight's paladin. We can still pull this off. Ready for part two, Willis? Willis moans. Are you sure it's a good idea to be posing as warrior monks? I don't know what an aspergillum is either. Benjamin Franklin shakes his head. Just follow my lead. The two phony knights paladin walk into the bank. The human clerk asks, May I help you, brothers? Benjamin Franklin puts on his most authoritative voice. We have come here urgently from Salem. Our patron has reported that a vault slip has been stolen from his residence. He paid an ungodly fortune so that the Templars would get the item to him safely. We're here to ensure that sloppy security procedures don't endanger the safe transfer of the item. The dwarf puts his elbows on the desk as if offended and says, So the big cardinals in Salem are sending Knights Paladin to make sure the Knights Templar are doing their job right. Is that how it goes these days? Benjamin Franklin keeps his calm. The fact that we are Knights Paladin is irrelevant to the matter. We just happen to be the only trusted sons of the church that were headed toward Rochester. The Dwarf Templar keeps interrogating them. And what business brings you to Rochester? We're investigating reports of Wendigo elves wandering out of Tuscarora Mountain. The Human Templar says, Yes, I have heard such reports. It's getting worse, not better. The Dwarf Templar is not appeased. Did the Cardinals in Salem trust you enough to tell you precisely what item it was that had its vault slip stolen? Benjamin Franklin leans in close and says, This is for your ears only. Gather round. The human and dwarf Templars huddle in together. Willis leans in as if he were in on the secret. 
Benjamin Franklin raises an eyebrow and whispers slowly, The Sword of Laban. Willis stands back slowly and squints his eyes, nodding as if that just made total sense to him. The Dwarf Templar genuinely seems relieved to hear it, and says, Well then, we have good news for you. We got the warning by Pony Express before Goldilocks arrived. She presented the vault slip and we arrested her. She came in wearing a red cloak and an elven dagger. Tomorrow we will cart her off to Salem for trial. You can tell the Cardinals our security procedures are quite rigorous. We will not hand over the item until a fully authenticated vault slip is reissued. Benjamin Franklin gawks. Goldilocks is here? The dwarf points to the cabinet overhead. Her cloak and dagger are up there in the evidence chest. We removed them carefully so as not to spoil any clues. Benjamin Franklin slaps his hands together and starts to head out. Splendid! You know what we knights paladin always say. Leave the cloak and dagger stuff to the Templars. Well, that'd be all. Thank you so much. God bless us, everyone. As soon as Benjamin Franklin reaches his party of adventurers, he starts jamming out on an imaginary air loot. Ariel looks at him as if he's crazy. But Monsignor Meyer has seen it all before and does not betray the least bit of surprise. He says... So, I'm guessing that part went better than the first. I don't need the gift of prophecy to know you walked out of there empty-handed. What's got your spirits up so high? Benjamin Franklin strums a fast-paced cadenza on his imaginary lute and says, They captured Goldilocks and she's right inside there with Whoopi. Ariel looks around, trying to feel the joy. Whoopi! Yeah, that's great, I think. What did you have in mind? You want Whoopi to kill her? No, 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 no. Don't you see? She'll steal it for us. Why would she do that? Benjamin Franklin recovers his calm and announces solemnly, I'm going to make her an offer she can't refuse. 